from East Hollywood, California, in Connecticut, a mere length of an anatomy of a fall away, if the fall is a penis and the anatomy is that of Barry Keoghan. It's the 2024 Mike, Mike, and Oscars with your hosts, Mike One and also Mike. Mike's, 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 Mike's. Very well. Very. This, this is, this is how we start the show. I Good. debated for at least 45 seconds whether or not I should, and at this point, why not? Why not? Well, it sets the tone. Yeah. Because. This episode is kind of uh, a goofball episode. I, mm-hmm. I, like I said in previous uh, outros, we should probably take this seriously at some point and show the rest <laughs> of the world how to award show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to do that. I think but... this is how to award show. <laughs> I think <laughs> we did get ratings. <laughs> we did not do it today, yeah, but yeah. Uh, at least one of us no- is knows this is shtick and the yeah. other one... You know, just wants, wants listening to his heart, like, <laughs> like but that this band. Is, this is this is fun. We got declarations. We'll kind of mix in what we think are great uh, superlatives on the year. Uh, oxymoron there, but declarations will start certain categories. I think we hit pretty much every section that the Oscars hit. We just hit it our way, Michael. And we get serious I, uh, at the end. I mean, you have the serious rankings of the best performance of the year, best supporting performance of the year, our top twenties, our best graded films, you know, and we, we mix we in get, some seriousness. We get some seriousness. Yeah. Like we're going to start out with a new directors to watch list yep. here. I mean, this is serious. It's not all gonna... penis jokes, but there are penis it's, jokes. Yeah. There's a lot of penis jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> And it's wait. By the way, it's the listeners' fault too because we asked for for categories, and a lot of them were just about nudity. <laughs> so it's not a lot all of them, us. A lot of them were about nudity. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we we asked for categories. I think there's like ten listener categories yeah. in here. So, and I, we, look at we actually slimmed this down. We cut out yeah, we like did. a dozen categories before the show even started of our stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we're we're editing ourselves for finally. It's the first time. <laughs> first time in six years. There you go. Uh, this is the Mike, Mike, and Oscars. It is our yearly award show, uh, as also Mike has prefaced for you. And let's dive right in and let's start with the first category, the new directors to watch list. And this is going to be our first list of declarations. Like Mike said, some of these are just going to be lists of names and awards and winners that we read off. And others are going to be in true category and Oscar category format. This will be a list, the declarations of the new directors to watch. We start with Mary Nighy of Al. Alice Darling, Cord Jefferson, of course, of American Fiction, Justine Trier, Anatomy of a Fall, Kelly Freeman, Craig, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, and Matt Johnson of Blackberry. If you've listened to us all year, none of these names are going to be a surprise to hear. Yeah, Georgia Oakley, I loved her work in Blue Jean. Uh, Kother Ben Hania, forgive me on the pronunciation there, I probably should have learned that, but Four Daughters, Four Daughters, going to be one of my top films of the year. Uh, I should have looked these pronunciations up, Mike. Mate Alberti. Alberti? I'm just proud of you for not giving them all to me because that's what usually happens. And it's the, the first Eternal time Memory. She did a wonderful job, by yeah. the way, in the Eternal Memory. Top 15 film of the year for me. Yakashi Yamazaki of Godzilla Minus One. Ellie Fumbi of Our Father, The Devil. A uh, lot of great debuts, by the way, this year as well. You were very, very high all year on Our Father, the Devil. Celine Song, of course, of Past Lives. Jessica Yu of Quiz Lady, which I actually had to bump for my top 20. It was a tough uh, omission. Uh, Rain Allen Miller of Rye Lane. Zachary Wigan of Sanctuary. And Michael and Danny Philippou of Talk to Me. And finally, An Hung Tran of The Taste of Things, A.V. Rockwell of 1001, and Nanachka Khan of Totally Killer. So not debuts from all of that list, but I think uh, the directors to watch list is kind of just, again, this is our show. And these are the directors that we learned to put on our radar radar this year because they did such a beautiful job. Our radar. Uh, a lot of these directors, I mean, a lot of <laughs> awards shows that we cover have breakthrough performances. This is kind of like a breakthrough director list for us. 
I love award shows that uh, include lists like that or best first feature yeah. or stuff stuff like that. Indie Spirits just hit it, and it's it's always fun. So that's the director category to start things off. We'll make our way into makeup and hairstyling now, and I want to do a serious category, a best unsung achievement in hair ensemble. So this okay. is non-nominees at the Oscars or whatnot. I have The Little Mermaid and Ariel's Halle Bailey hair there javier bardem's the big bushy beard on king trident melissa mccarthy's ursula great hair styling sure. in the little mermaid dungeons and dragons honor among thieves the reggie jean page hairstyle is the coolest of the year by the way <laughs> chris pine good hair michelle rodriguez good hair hugh grant good hair damn him uh sophia lillis as well in dungeons and dragons cassandro gayer garcia bernal might have my favorite hair yeah. of, of everyone bad bunny really good hair on him sure. perla de la rosa the mother character and raul castillo and cassandro and then priscilla it just goes goes without saying but elvis and priscilla the best hair in priscilla i have to give apologies to priscilla because that probably should win but if you read about the little mermaid holly Mm. bailey is on record saying that the hair flip scene that we see in the trailer alone took her a full day to perfect because of how heavy ariel's hair was in that wig she had to wear for it and then on top of that you have the famous uh transformation of makeup and hair scene of Melissa McCarthy sitting down and getting her hair and makeup done to turn into Ursula that went viral earlier in the summer. And then you have sexy daddy Javier Trident with the <laughs> apple bottom jeans and the chin with the fur. I mean, if anybody else should have gotten naked on screen this year. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, I would pick a uh, uh, little mermaid here. I'm going to go with Dungeons and Dragons again. Reggie Jean Page, I wish I could, you know, that that's just the coolest hair. Chris Pine, I mean, again, I, 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 I envious, envious of sure. this guy's hair. And then Michelle Rodriguez had the long hair in that movie, which was very, really cool. And, uh, yeah, like the elf hairstyles of Sophia Lillis, that worked too. Uh, I'll go with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But we'll move on, Michael, to, again, makeup and hairstyling is where we're at right now. Yeah, from best hair to worst teeth is the next category. And your nominees are Evil Dead Rise, Leave the World Behind, Society of the Snow, and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Like, underrated year for worst teeth. <laughs> Leave the world behind made me want to throw up. Just throw up. <laughs> That's like everybody's one, one nightmare, way. isn't it? Everybody Ugh, has had everybody. that nightmare. Damn you, Sam Esmail. Yeah. Damn you, man. Damn yeah. you, Scuba Steve. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise, uh, the demon teeth in there, and then the Dracula teeth. At least they were functional, and, and the Society of the Snow Teeth, you understood. You understood mm. why those teeth mm. were so gross. I have to say, leave the world behind. Just my pick, gross. Society of the Snow is finger-licking fun. Uh, Yeah, you're probably (laughs) right, just because that's a nightmare come to life there for leave the world behind. Most egregious Oscar snub in makeup. Priscilla, Evil Dead Rise, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, or The Creator, Michael? Yeah, and again, with apologies to everything else, but the single hardest laugh of the year for me in theaters was Carrot Man and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I don't know if it's green screen or all costume or all makeup or all whatever, but that was a man who looked exactly like a carrot. (laughs) And for that alone, the film needs to be recognized. So that is my pick. (laughs) That's a good reason. The other reason would be, as Jags Tanke, you know, chronicled throughout the year, the most, you know, the most uh, makeup and hairstyling. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just had a record number of. Uh, Which kind of, of puts that Nathan Fillion showed up in just his regular head. Hilarious, right? Like, <laughs> it does. everybody else is 18 layers deep in makeup, and then there's just Nathan Fillion. Which is funny, but I got to go with Priscilla, just the way they featured it in the film, and it's obviously contemporary makeup and hairstyling. I was surprised it was not nominated, mm. but from the nail polish, the toe polish, to the, to the obviously, the big eyebrows, some of it was subtle, some of it was over the top. I thought it really worked in Priscilla. I was surprised it did not get nominated, but uh, again, vacillating between serious and not serious, but Colby told me got the assignment our, our friend Colby Mack <laughs> of the Colby Told Me podcast. He said the 2023 Best Dick Award. Yeah. Nominees are. Nominees are Bo's Afraid. Okay. Yep. Sure. Makes sense. Richard E. Grant of Saltburn. <laughs> Richard E. Grant of The Lesson. <laughs> uh, 
forget who maybe i added some uh honoraries uh nominees here yep. you and i both laughed at the penises and poor things well not at the penises but the way in which the, the context in which they are used yes <laughs> and then charles melton used the prosthetic penis in may december i don't know if you know this that's why he'll never match up in my eyes <laughs> uh, <laughs> but come on it's barry right not yeah. not for comedic value either, but it's got to be Barry Keoghan here for dramatic irony, no? Why, first of all, I would say that the biggest upset is having this category and having nothing from Dick's the Musical uh, <laughs> just be nominated that, for Best Dick. I can't, were there dicks in there? I don't think so, but just the name maybe so would have qualified it. Um, <laughs> secondly, yeah, it's Barry Keoghan. I, I do think, though, Richard E. Grant being mm-hmm. so vulnerable this year, maybe he just changes his name from now on. He's just Dickie Grant. Dickie Grant. <laughs> how many how many Oscar noms will he get as Dickie Grant? <laughs> right? Isn't that like a throwback name anyway to 1940s Hollywood? Starring Dickie Grant. <laughs> he belongs there, yeah. Dickie Grant. Anyway, we'll move on to the costume section. And along those same lines from listener Rich Starnes, we have best full frontal nudity by a past Oscar winner or nominee, but it's played for last, so it's totally okay. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence, No Hard Feelings, Emma Stone, Poor Things, Scarlett Johansson, Asteroid City, or Barry Keoghan of Saltburn. Do we have our first dual winner on the So, two, I want to make two points. One is that 2023 is going to go down in history as, like, the most nude year for Oscars ever. Because again, these are all Oscar, you know, Oscar contenders, Oscar winners, whatever you want to call, it. and like they all bared it all, and good for them for doing <laughs> so. And secondly, Barry Keoghan's nude scene to me is like an Oppenheimer style favorite in any of these naked categories. Apologies to Jennifer Lawrence. Apologies to everyone in this category. Emma Stone, Scarlett Johansson, but like Barry Keoghan is probably going to be the most remembered nude scene from 2023 for me. It finished the movie. It, yeah. it was to that song that was just a banger. Right. And yeah, the dramatic irony on that. Yeah. Nothing like Good two dudes in a category with one guy and three naked women agreeing that the dude should win. <laughs> two allegedly straight dudes. <laughs> right. Picking, right. <laughs> picking Barry Keoghan twice there you go. in a row. Just but it power. is true. It's yeah. true. It's the power, the power of that scene, man. <laughs> we'll move on to production design. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is this you? No, this yeah, is me. It, I'm doing yellow. You're yellow. You're I thought I yellow. was yellow. I was yellow. You're blue. No, is not what you you're said? yellow. Yeah. Yes. Because you yellow. want me to ask you a question from Clayton Davis of our buddy of variety. There, uh, he Thank wants you. to know what's the best looking <laughs> meal, and the nominees are the family dinner, the fast food, and the uh, the food movie overall from Blue Beetle, the pasta dishes, and not just the gravy, the pesto too that was featured in Ferrari, <laughs> the flaming hot. Those Cheetos, of course. Uh, the <laughs> the May December. Uh, maybe it's the picnic scene. Maybe it's the dinner scene. Maybe it's just that her refrigerator is out of hot dogs. Or of case, of course, the taste of things. Yeah, look, the three hours of slowly cooking beautiful food and eating it in the taste of things mm. has to win. I mean, it, I. Oh my God, Michael! <laughs> I, like there is one, there is one meal where he feeds her. And he just he slaves away in the kitchen, and cooks for her for like an hour, and it's the most delicious looking meal I've ever seen in my entire life. And there's something where I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what French food is. I don't care. <laughs> it just looks so good. And there's just like this like chip. It's like this long chip or something. I will be very and she grateful. She crunches into it when we get rid die. of this year, so I don't have to hear about this movie anymore. <laughs> I'm like George Costanza. Now. I'm like George Costanza in the episode where it's all and I've I've ruined good-looking food for meats, you. Cured meats next to the benite yeah. stand there. Yeah, I, I know. I I told you that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, sticking with production design, best achievement in pink goo. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the whole quantum realm there was pink goo. Dungeons and Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, the acidic squares inside the maze, pink goo. El Conde, the Vampires drank pink goo smoothies made from human hearts. Uh, Infinity Pool, we have, of course, the giant tub of pink goo that the Skarsgård clones come from. And Society of the Snow, which is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
I think I feel like the guys in The Sopranos that are just looking across the restaurant and going like, that's sick. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you disgust. That's what I feel like right now. I wrote the category. Yeah, I you gave it to me. I, no, I gave it to you, and I just want to just heckle you for it. But I, no, I, I love this category. This best category in a long time, I think. Uh, and I don't know what to pick. I want to say, I want to say Infinity Pool because that the pink goo is worked into the plot mm-hmm. and then the scars guard clones come out of it and there's the 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 just i mean iconic scene of him going into it like ready to be cloned mm. which is nuts what okay. a crazy movie infinity pool was but yeah society of the snow is disgusting el conde is disgusting dungeons and dragons <laughs> is just kind of like a throwaway whatever ant-man and a wasp su- sucked so yeah i mean it's not just because it's great but it's by process of elimination infinity pool that giant tub of pink right. goo man i'll take your word for it that's best achievement in pink goo that goes to infinity pool the the prestigious category of this year we'll move on to music we'll talk about the best unoriginal song uh drama or musical category Drama or musical, that is. Not comedy or musical. Mm-hmm. Drama or musical. Uh, we have Hell No from Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, as well as I'm Here, Fantasia Barino in The Color Purple. Uh, Murder on the Dance Floor, Sophie Ellis Bexter of Saltburn. Only You from Yazoo and Fingernails. And Tom Sawyer, uh, which was featured in The Iron Claw from Rush. This is best unoriginal song. And all of these songs are on my Spotify. That's yeah. why they're nominated here. But the best singing is Fantasia Barino. I mean, she brought the house sure. down at the end of Color Purple. So let's, I mean, she probably deserves her own category, or maybe that should be a declaration. Best pipes on the year, Fantasia Barino. However, the best song, look, I'm an old white guy, is Yazoo. Uh, Fingernails song, I mean, we, we heard it in the trailer, Only You, and she sings it in the movie. It's just adorable. And even though that movie is weird, that's such a great song. Damn it. Have you watched the music video for that, for Yazoo's Only You? No, no. Is it good? What is it? I, I don't I'm know if it's that. good, but I know that whenever <laughs> aliens invade and they demand to be caught up to speed on humanity and pop culture, when they ask what the 1980s were, we got to just show them that music video because that's okay. the answer. Like, there's a famous quote from a former Supreme Court justice, uh, Potter Stewart. And SCOTUS is doing great, by the way, lately. But anyway, uh, Potter Stewart, when he was describing what hardcore pornography was, and the quote is, I'll never be able to adequately describe it, but I'll know it when I see it. That's Mm. exactly what the Yazoo music video is when somebody asks what were the 1980s. You can't describe them, but just show them the only you music video. Ridiculous name for a band. Great song. Everybody is pausing our episode and watching that video. On it's just—I mean, it's just like people that are shaped like mannequins, and they're—they're they're sitting clearly on a soundstage, but it's supposed to be made up like a beach, and they're not move. Nobody's moving. It's just the singing is happening. It, it, bizarre stuff. Great. I'm glad. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to best unoriginal song comedy. Again, we regroup drama or musical. We have to give comedy its own section here because there's so many great songs in comedies from this year. We have Can I Kick It, A Tribe Called Quest. That was in Teenage Mutant Mm -hmm. Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. We have Closer to Fine, Indigo Girls. That was in Barbie, of course. We have Dreams. Uh, from the Cranberries. this That was in the Beanie Bubble, an all-timer. We have In the Meantime from Space Hog from Guardi- Guardians in the Galaxy Volume 3. We have Maneater, sung from Hall & Oates in No Hard Feelings. Total Clips of the Heart, <laughs> Body Tyler's song is sung or lip-synced in Bottoms. We have Unwritten, Natasha Bedingfield. That was, of course, featured in Anyone But You. And we have The Wind from Cat Stevens, beautifully featured in The Holdovers, Michael. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, is the best song, so that's the winner. But there's a mm. band out of Cincinnati called Settle Your Scores that did a remake or cover of Natasha Bedingfield's Unwritten, and it'll blow your balls off. It's great. I got to tell you, Space Hogs in the meantime was not like a favorite of mine when I was growing up. Oh, really? No, it probably should have been. It yeah. was like back then, I heard it on the radio plenty, but I never like stopped to enjoy it. I am older now, and Dreams by the Cranberries is one of my favorite songs. Yes. yes. 
But in the meantime, by Space Hog, I discovered it with the marketing of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I put it on the Spotify playlist, and Good. now I'm delighted yeah. every time it pops up. And I, I just I rock out. It's my favorite. It's great. It's great. So, I mean, shout out to Total Eclipse of the Heart, too. Obviously, shout out to Hall & Oates. Good category. A lot of good picks there. Very good. All right. We have our stunts, VFX, kind of our tech section coming up now, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most awesome fight sequence of 2023 is where we'll start off. We have the staircase fight in John Wick Chapter 4. We have the shotgun fight in the condemned building in mm. John Wick Chapter 4. We have the narrow alleyway fight with Palm Clementith and in, in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Uh, we have fighting in Florida, Jesus Christ, fighting in Florida in The Killer. And then we have the hangar fight in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, uh, you went with the staircase fight in John Wick, which is a fine mm-hmm. pick. I'm going with the hangar fight in Guardians 3. And my reasoning is much like the last episode where I said M. Night Shyamalan should stop making movies and only cut trailers. Like, James Gunn should leave the DCEU and only license himself out as the big fight coordinator. I love that fight in the Guardians 3. Love it. I, I love all five of these yeah. nominees. And if you ask me on any different day, I would probably pick a different nominee. In fact, we wrote this weeks ago, the show, and Staircase Fight in John Wick Chapter 4 was my pick. But I am totally, oh, I'm totally looking at this category. I want to switch it to Fighting in Florida and the Killer. That was the craziest fight I've, I've probably ever seen. How do I not pick that one? Going through the, uh, what do you even call it, the condo there, I guess, the apartment? Yeah. Oh, my God. God, yeah, ludicrous, ludicrous yeah. fight scene. You know, David, David Fincher, Fincher might have a future in this business. Anyway, that he was knows the how most to shoot awesome. Yeah. That was the most awesome fight sequence of 2023. How about just the batshit craziest fight sequence of 2023? We have Miles Morales versus the spot in the bodega, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We have the Battle of the Kens during I'm Just Ken and Barbie. We have the kitchen fight with her evil dead niece yeah. in Evil Dead Rise. And then when Megan Mullally throws her pussy at a government agent in a hazmat suit <laughs> to save the sewer boys and dicks the musical. <laughs> when who throws the what where? <laughs> you heard me. You heard me. You know, I'm just tired of Hollywood remaking the same movies over and over again. Um, I was going to say the Battle of the Kens. I did not see Dick's the Musical, so my apologies to Megan Mullally and her thrown pussy. I did not see... Uh, I, I was going to say the Battle of the Kens, and I was thinking, you know, for nostalgia's sake and for a fan of the series' sake, how about uh, the scream fight in the Tunnel of Memories? From Scream 6. Okay. The final sure. fight there where you see all the, the memorabilia gathered that we see even in the trailer of all past Scream it. sequences there. That'll be my pick. I loved it. I liked it a lot. All right. Well, I mean, it was a crazy fight sequence. Yeah. I forgot about it. But yeah, no, Megan Mullally gets a, a Mike Mike and Oscar <laughs> from me. And by the way, I mean, the way this works is we each give our uh, winners. Right, they, right. They get... Two winners There's per two category mics. is fine. Yeah, and they can get two trophies if both, exactly. both mics pick them. And the anyway, trophies we'll are in the shape of a thrown <laughs> vagina, so it's, it works. Good. <laughs> that was happening well before this category. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, production value and music declarations. So these are, again, this is part of the show. We're going to just make declarations yeah. here. So best hat belongs to Oppenheimer. The, uh, apologies to the hat from Escape from Hat. <laughs> right. Uh, bet... <laughs> Thank you. You've been on that title for forever, but okay. Most, most achievement in birds Mm -hmm. goes to the boy and the heron. Apologies to Alfred Hitchcock. Well, it's this year, Michael, but yes, most achievement in birds. I am putting in my commentary, sir. (laughs) Okay. Best close up of poured Guinness goes to Oppenheimer. Apologies to the bottomless void from there's something wrong with the children. Oh, you thought that was Guinness? I mean, once the Guinness is settled, no, don't you think? Okay, but it's not poured Guinness. Yeah, you're poured fair, Guinness fair. Well, that's why Oppenheimer is wits. going to, right, right, and that's why it was disqualified from the VFX right. category. Nobody knows this, but I, I came to <laughs> you the have, bottom. Of it. You I have like two jokes that you have ran with all year. It's been the poured Guinness <laughs> and everything from the taste of things. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> coolest, coolest Godzilla visual effect ever. Nah, maybe needs a rewrite. Godzilla minus one. There you go. Can't argue with that. The back spikes come out and just turn neon blue. Have like you the, seen the uh, uh, the artist on social media who has done the rendition of 
are the rendering of what Godzilla's legs must actually look like if he's that much above the waterline in the sea. And in the oh, ocean. really? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. He's got like the meat of Godzilla that's that we see above the waterline and then under the waterline all the way to the ocean floor, like 3,000 feet down. He's got to be these like two <laughs> tiny little pillar legs holding them all up. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like a flamingo? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We have best robots. That belongs to the, cr- the creator. And they did those, you know, VFX post-production. So I will say, your love of that movie and the, produ- the VFX especially is, has kind of changed my stance on it. That was one of those that came out, and I was like, I'll never see this one. But you've been uh, carrying the flag for it all year, and it's, it's softened my stance. It's an okay movie. The the effects are brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sexiest food goes to the taste of things. Just let it <laughs> go. <laughs> movie movie you would least like to watch with me also goes to the taste of things. That's correct, yes. <laughs> and then worst jinx song ever. The youngest brother singing Live That Way Forever in the Iron Claw. Yeah. Wrong kid died. Yeah. All the kids died. All the kids yeah. died. Anyway. All right. So that's our production value section. We'll move on to our screenwriting section, Michael. The best written dilemma for a school teacher in a film from 2023. We have Blue Jean. We have The Holdovers, Monster, Oppenheimer, and The Teacher's Lounge. Competitive category. And shout out to Ryan McQuaid. He came on our show where we did a, uh, you know, superlatives of the year. What, what do we call it? Best of the year? Yeah. Episode? Yeah. So kind of like the forerunner for this show. We were supposed to do the Mike, Mike, and Oscars right after it. <laughs> this show get getting pushed back. But it was a long, I'm gonna say long the, runway. I'm going to say the writing of Paul Giamatti's dilemma at the end. It just really packed a wallop. Uh, and, you know, the Killian Murphy, should or should he not blow up the entire world? dilemma was a formidable one but yeah I mean, the one that got me emotional was paul giamatti uh, at the end of that i could also see the academy uh, dealing with a little category fraud maybe because classifying oppenheimer as a school teacher mm. drama <laughs> it's a type of nefarious <laughs> categorization that'll come into play 20 years later as in like a final jeopardy round and some kid's gonna be like well actually it was about a school teacher and then he gets stuffed he in a spent- locker he spent the first 90 minutes as a school student <laughs> and then as a school teacher, Michael. And then he went to try and blow up the world. Mm-hmm. We know this. It's, Small it's little on the silver there. screen. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Semantics, we'll the on. movie. We'll move on to the Decision to Leave Award. This is great. And this is written by Who the Hell is Swamp Thing, a.k.a. at Wojcik Weischer, one of the OGs yeah. of the Mike, Mike and Oscar listenership. And he says the decision to leave award is an homage for the classic premise by us uh, for a movie that will be better with werewolves yeah. in it. Okay. <laughs> Wojcik's nominees are better with werewolves in it, past lives, anatomy of a fall or Saltburn, Michael. Uh, okay. I haven't, Settled on one for Anatomy of a Fall, but I have in my mind a couple deranged moments in which a werewolf attacking would be hilarious and perfection, I think. And I want you to tell me what you think those moments would be for Saltburn and Past Lives. Uh, Saltburn, the werewolf. It's obvious for Saltburn. Well, during the dance at the end. Hilarious. If he's dancing around and a werewolf just (laughs) takes him out out of nowhere, that would be hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you got the salt for one. Um, uh, Let's see about past lives. Past lives? Oh, man. Oh, well, when they're about to hug for the first time. I have the a last time when he's, a, when he's about to leave and get in the, the Uber and they have their big emotional climax at the end there. And yeah, it's like a will yeah. they, won't they kiss and the tension is cut by a werewolf just taking him out. <laughs> yeah, I should have. That was yeah. obvious. I should have yeah. picked that. Now, Anatomy of a Fall, when it eats the child when he goes in front of the judge. <laughs> wolves allow. Yes. That's fun. Come on. You're right. You're right. That would be perfect. <laughs> So what do we pick though? What's what's the funniest? What's the funniest murder of a human being by a wolf? <laughs> I don't think this is I the way it's, boy I think it's Saltburn, man. Yeah. I don't think Barry Kogan could be stopped in this award show. Saltburn has won three Mike yeah. Mike and Oscars so thus far. Anyway, that is the decision to leave award. We'll move on to the most achievement in sexual tension. Okay. 
the most achievement in sexual tension. All of us strangers. Yeah. Elemental. <laughs> Emily. Past lives. Saltburn or sanctuary. Now the whole movie in sanctuary. Saltburn. It's palpable. Past yep. lives. Clearly. Yep. Emily. I mean, between her and the preacher. Good God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously all of us strangers. Uh, you know, this, it's like the first forty minutes of the movie. And then elemental. I, I don't know. It's either elemental or past lives for me. I don't you, know. Elemental you is you've been pushing for sexual attention in elemental all year. That's been a <laughs> it also my expression. Okay. It's it's past lives for me. I mean, what, what's your pick? The trailer for Eileen. Oh God! What? <laughs> Palpable sexual <laughs> tension in the trailer for Eileen. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go watch that movie now, please, and uh, recontextualize. But fair. Uh, fair. Okay, so it's it's past lives, but um, we'll move on to screenwriting related declarations. Okay, most argument, Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah, you agree? Yeah, that's pretty cut and dry. All right, the next award we're gonna both combine to present it. We have the Chubby Checker. Yeah, slash John Travolta slash Samuel L. Jackson and Basic Award for the most twists. That goes to Sharper. Yeah, there you go. Then we have the best gambling scenes. That goes to the adults. I don't know about best, but probably the most realistic. (laughs) (laughs) We have the most boring movie about dull people doing things painfully slow. That goes to Fallen Leaves. It's a stunning upset that Perfect Days didn't win this. (laughs) Stop it. Perfect Days is delightful. (laughs) Fallen Leaves is boring. All right. We have the most improved movie on rewatch, and I have to go with uh, Killers of the Flower Moon just uh, edging out Nyad here. It's probably May December for me. Oh, good. Yeah, you rewatched it. Yeah, I've watched it a couple times. Yeah, good, yeah. good. All right, we'll have the least improved movie on rewatch. And look, despite its kookiness, Dick's the musical. It's probably May December for me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Thwart it again. We have the hardest Mike one laugh of the year. You already mentioned it. The yeah. carrot head. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, that had the type of tension attached to it as the best director field has this year with how obvious the winner is going to be. And look, I, this is kind of a spoiler alert. Or just, I don't know, there's a big laugh. In Go dream, ahead, spoil it. Dream scenario, hardest also Mike laugh of the year. I literally laughed like, you remember, you and I went to Dolomite Is My Name together. Yes, yes, you were I dying. Kept laughing like yeah. a half hour later. I was laughing at things from 45 minutes Absolutely. ago. I was laughing. Uh, people were getting mad at me in the theater. <laughs> me and my brother were were laughing like reverberations for like 15 minutes after the dream scenario scene. Really? Jesus God. It got you that well, it was, huh? It got it was the good stuff. The right. type of belly laugh that just like I was Chris Kringle for an hour. Is it one of those and scenes I, that like I'm going to know it immediately when I see it? No, you're probably not going to laugh at all. And you're okay. going to be like, what the hell did you laugh at? Because you're a, you're a weirdo. <laughs> okay. That's the way. <laughs> good. I asked that question hoping to be personally insulted, so good. <laughs> no, you probably won't laugh at all. And, all right. And uh, I doubt, I doubt uh, it'll be funny to anyone but me. <laughs> to know. No, it's a funny scene. It's a funny scene. All right. You got to watch it. We'll go to the acting in the performance section. Great performance doubles in 2023. Another list of declarations, and it's a it's a bit of a long one. We'll start with Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall and Zone of Interest. Lily Gladstone, of course, for Killers of the Flower Moon and The Unknown Country. Palm Clementiev for Guardians 3 and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Marin Ireland for Eileen and Birth Rebirth. We have Carrie Mulligan for Maestro and Saltburn. America Ferreira of Barbie and Dumb Money, Coleman Domingo of Rustin and the Color Purple, Joaquin Phoenix of Napoleon and Bo is Afraid, and how about Michael Sarah from Barbie yeah. and the Adults? Matt Damon on the list as well, Aaron Oppenheimer, Sterling K. Brown, or Stupid K. Bitch. Uh, go watch <laughs> The 80 Bryant. <laughs> go watch The 80 Bryant. Yeah. Please, The 80 Bryant monologue from the Indie Spirits. I rewatched it again after we recorded yesterday. It's so good. Good. Sterling K. Yes. Brown, American Fiction and Biosphere. Jacob Alordi in everything this year, but namely Priscilla and Saltburn, and Harris Dickinson of Scrapper and the Iron Claw. How much did it hurt you just to read Jacob's name there? I, I've, I've submitted. He was good in <laughs> SNL. He was good in everything this year. He's so hot. 
I hate it. <laughs> uh, good. How about the trail? On a serious note here, trailblazing performances in 2023 declarations. We have Morgan Davies in Evil Dead Rise. We have Kimana of Next Goal Wins. Uh, we have Tracy Lissette. Uh, excuse me, Trace Lizette. We got to get the Z there of mm. Monica. She was tremendous. A uh, couple more, Mike. Leo Mihiel of Mutt, uh, Harry Neff of Barbie, Hunter Schaefer of The Hunger Games, The New Hunger Games, and she's also got her own uh, movie coming out. I forgot the name of it. Uh, she's in some horror movie coming out in 2024. Uh, those are big trailblazers there, and a list of uh, people kind of smashing the, the glass ceiling, so to speak, in Hollywood. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll move on to best speech or rant. And this might have an obvious example, but there's so many good nominees, or an obvious winner, but so many good nominees that we got to mention it. We have Chris Messina in Air. We have Matt Damon in Air. We have America Ferreira in Barbie. That's going to be my pick. Ayo Adebari in Bottoms. She opens up that movie with one of the funniest rants. I was just <laughs> dying. just dying. And then, then 30 years later at the reunion, that's when I swoop in. Oh, I was dying. Anyway, Natalie Portman, of course, in the mirror in May, December. But best speech or rant, Michael? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's speech from the 1999 seminal classic. Deep this Blue is State. a 2023 oh. award show. Oh. No. I'm standing on business for this. <laughs> The worst speech goes to Michael Fassbender of Next Goal Wins, but who do you have your worst speech? Samuel L. Jackson in the horrid 1999 oh, fever dream, Deep Blue Sea. It's America Ferreira. Of course it's the best one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. America Ferreira of Barbie. It was great, and it got her nominated for an Oscar. Yes. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to give Barry Keoghan another award here. Best Drinking Liquid Award. <laughs> Clayton Davis, at by Clayton Davis, gave yeah. us the best drinking liquid award. And obviously, Jeffrey Wright is chugging wine. He's also chugging martinis in that scene, by the way, in American fiction. Yeah. But I think he just wanted to make me laugh hard with Saltburn here. So Clayton likes to act like he's all buttoned up and also the suavest looking man on every red carpet. But somewhere deep inside there, there's someone deranged enough to be a Mike. And I, I think that's why we get along with him. That is that. That's that's the answer. He's, yeah. he's a Mike. <laughs> I also like it has to be Barry Keoghan, right? Because fifty years from now, nobody's going to remember a thing Jeffrey Wright drank in American Fiction, but everybody is still going to know what happened in Saltburn. He was putting back those martinis, and yes, he was chugging wine. Uh, it was funny, but uh, you're right. No, yeah. the Saltburn scene got the most emotion out of me, even though it was. <laughs> this when he tweeted this at me, I, I laughed pretty hard. Yeah. So it was funny. So, all right, good job. The unsung lead performance in a comedy or horror. And I'm calling it unsung because these performances have not gotten nominees or nominations really anywhere at the big precursors. At Oscar, Globe, BAFTA, SAG, Choice, Spirit, or Gotham. So hopefully I did this right, but I cross-checked all of these. The unsung lead performance in a comedy or horror. Nominees are Dave Bautista in Knock at the Cabin. John Boyega and They Clone Tyrone, Michael Sarah in The Adults, Matt Damon in Air. How did he not get nominated this whole season? Anyway, Jason Schwartzman in Asteroid City, and Sophie Wilde in Talk to Me. How about Mrs. Nick Kocher herself, Karen Gillian for Guardians 3? Yeah, but it, it's uh, was she nominated somewhere? Comedy. Oh, okay, comedy or horror. Yeah, comedy. but it's a lead performance. It's a lead performance, Knucklehead. She's not a lead. Well, it was more her movie than it was. It's Peter not Quills. A lead. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. No, nah, it's not a lead. No, you're you're reaching. Well, I would pick Jason Schwartzman, but it would have been better if Adam Sandler did it. So that's where I got to stand. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Matt Damon, or no? Is it Jason Schwartzman? I I really like Jason Schwartzman's performance. I really like Sophie Wilde. She could have won the EE e. Rising Star. Would have been Jason Schwartzman in Asteroid City is like the most Jason Schwartzman performance. It's a hell of a performance, uh-huh. and he's pitch perfect. I'm uh-huh. gonna go with Jason Schwartzman. All right. Uh, how about the unsung lead performance in a drama or dominatrix thriller? <laughs> Zach Efron <laughs> for The Iron Claw, Anjanu Ellis Taylor for Origin, Michael Fassbender in The Killer, Tracy Lissette in Monica, Margaret Qualley in Sanctuary, or Julia Louis Dreyfus in You Hurt My Feelings. It's Anjanu Ellis Taylor in Origin, but because of the name of the category, it was almost Margaret Qualley of Sanctuary. I think it has to be Anjanu Margaret Qualley for Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's based on the category writing there. But yeah. All right. Be, be, is that your pick, Margaret Quali? Yeah. You gotta go. Well, I mean, if, okay. it, if, you're, if it's extended specifically for dominatrixes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus didn't play a dominatrix, you know? She did not. Mm. She did not, despite uh, certain theories out there. No. Okay. <laughs> best cameo. Best cameo. Bradley Cooper in Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons, Will Ferrell and Quiz Lady, Nathan Fillion in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Punky Johnson in Bottoms, Gary Oldman in Oppenheimer, Rhea Perlman in Barbie, or Margot Robbie in Asteroid City. A lot of great cameos this year, Michael. I'm on the record about this already. Rhea Perlman was so good. She could have been nominated in Supporting Actress, giving the type of speech that everybody thought Judd Hirsch gave in The Fablemans last year. Like, if Judd Hirsch oh was nomination-worthy, so is Rhea Perlman. You, I'm you sorry. Could, you could compliment Rhea Perlman without a sh- hitting Judd, my man Judd, with all these strays. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway. If he was good enough to get nominated for supporting, so was Rhea Perlman. Will Ferrell from Quiz Lady was probably my favorite. You might be right. The best performance is probably Rhea Perlman. Will Ferrell of Quiz Lady, that was, like, the most wholesome, happiest cameo i've seen from him yet and it just it warmed my heart in quiz lady <laughs> i really like that movie we both did yeah that was a good movie uh unsung supporting actor award uh, again act, these actors did not get nominated to any of the major precursors we have juliette binoche for the taste of things viola davis for air taraji p henson the color purple john magaro for past lives chris messina in air laurie metcalf somewhere in queens samuel tice anatomy of a fall and Suleiman c savine for our father, the devil. I've changed my pick like 17 times here. I, I wanted to go with Chris Messina at first and then Juliet Bonost in, in the taste of things. And then I'm like, you know what? The most unsung that should have been nominated somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. John, Mag- John Magaro of past lives. I agree. He should have gotten something, something. I mean, Taraji P. Henson, uh, if, if she didn't lip sync that one song where she was like, balancing on a boat <laughs> which i understand why they had to lip sync that scene because she was balancing on a boat right <laughs> like george washington from the painting <laughs> but yeah otherwise she was great and then jo- yeah john mcgarrow past lives just uh, low-key literally the unsung supporting actor award has to go to him all right we have another uh, listener category here from uh boo sedan <laughs> at super sandro the prettiest to look at for two hours award nominees are teo Yu, jacob alordi all the kens coleman domingo or zach efron i gotta say it's past lives i mean those two are stunning greta yeah. lee in fashion magazines this year every time i see a picture pop up like i'm just yeah. like floored i gotta yeah. stop and, and good God almighty, Tao Yu is probably the most handsome dork ever on screen. Uh, maybe since, uh, you know, Ripley, excuse me. Oh, my God. Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. Was it? Yeah, the first Ghostbusters. Yeah. Right? And was she it turned the first into one or the, the Zool. Yeah. Or second one. Second one. Ghostbusters yeah. 2. She was nerdy and then yeah. she turned into the, the, the servant of Zool. <laughs> anyway. No, yeah, you're, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. Um, I, also... My God, uh, Greta Lee playing along with A.D. Bryant. <laughs> Just go watch the A.D. <laughs> Bryant thing. Um, can I pick the entire Von Erich family? Yeah. Get the answer. bear in there? <laughs> That's No, you could. That's you my could. pick. God, yeah. be still my heart. Anyway. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the ultimate lead acting snub. So this is nominations at Oscar, BAFTA, SAG, uh, Choice, Spirit, or Gotham. Uh, or, excuse me, not Oscar, BAFTA, SAG. Anyway, non-nominated at Oscar. Everywhere else is is in play. So Fantasia Barino of The Color Purple, Leonardo DiCaprio of Killers of the Flower Moon, Barry Keoghan of Saltburn, Greta Lee of Past Lives, Natalie Portman of May-December, Margot Robbie of Barbie, Andrew Scott of All of Us Strangers, Kaylee Spaney of Priscilla, Tiana Taylor of 1001, and Tao Yu of Past Lives, the ultimate lead acting snub. Probably Greta Lee for me. Mm. It's close between Greta and Margot Robbie. I'm going to go with Margot Robbie. I was banging the table for her nomination in Barbie so hard. I know it was a bloodbath and lead actress. I get it. But yeah, I still have to go with Margot here. Yeah, I would say, yeah, those are those are probably the two that stick out. Yeah, apologies to Leo. I th- I do think he was really, really good, but he always is. 
Uh, speaking of Leo, most bro <laughs> is the next category. We have Ferrari and Ferrari, the killer and the killer, the machine and the machine, and Napoleon from mm-hmm. Napoleon. It's Napoleon. He's the most bro. But <laughs> whenever my brother uh, saw the trailer, and we were because my brother and I were movie buddies, we go to movies together. He's like, "This is the most bro in the history of bros, bro." <laughs> He's the he's the he starting was. quarterback in the high school team. Yeah, he, no, he was the worst Napoleon. <laughs> uh, how about worst achievement in sex for uh, mm. Bo is afraid, cat person, dream scenario, Napoleon, poor things, and Saltburn. There were some horrific, terrible. <laughs> Like, you couldn't do this bad if you tried. Mm. You could drink as much as you want, and you couldn't perform worse (laughs) than these guys in these movies. Worst achievement in sex. Of all these terrible achievements, still has to go to dream scenario. And I just want to say, Henry Cavill, you should not get your way. Sex scenes should be in movies, and it's not just because (laughs) of the great ones. It's because of the worst ones, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, my winner for the third year in a row is Adam Driver and Lady Gaga from House of Gucci. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get on the Napoleon watch. There. Yeah. Apple TV Plus, I think tomorrow. By the way, folks. Anyway, we'll move on to the ultimate supporting snub. And again, they were nominated somewhere major at BAFTA, SAG, Choice, Spirit, or Gotham. So the ultimate supporting snub we have Penelope Cruz and Ferrari. Claire Foy and All of Us Strangers, Glenn Howerton and Blackberry, Rachel McAdams and Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Charles Melton in May-December, Julianne Moore in May-December, or Dominic Sessa of The Holdovers, Michael? Oh, goody. Dominic Sessa against Charles Melton in a category for me. Um, <laughs> Glenn Howerton for me. I'm from Waterloo, where the vampires hang out. Indie Spirits, baby. Yeah. I wish he won at the Indie Spirits, but yeah, Davine was going to win. There's no question about it. I'm going to go with Julianne Moore of May, December. I think that's the best performance in, in this and, and my ultimate snub, even though Penelope Cruz is probably a close second. I just, you know, I meant to say it on the Scott episode, but the, the Angry Wives trope, I think, hurt Penelope Cruz. And she was the angriest wife ever, and we're trying to get past that as a mm. business, I think. And Michael Mann just put the angriest wife trope in the history of angry wives <laughs> in Ferrari there. But, okay. Uh, Julianne Moore. She was an angry wife, too, but there was, it was more nuanced than that. What a peculiar, strange, batshit performance by her. Uh, we'll move on to the most unstoppable action hero, 60 or over, Michael. We have the Equalizer 3's Denzel Washington, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny's Harrison Ford, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning's Tom Cruise, Nyad's Annette Benning, or Sisu's Jorma Tomila. It is an insult to Tom Cruise and everything he's worked for that he's even mentioned in this category. <laughs> he just turned 60. Man. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> You're going to put Tom Cruise with Harrison Ford and Denzel? Come on, man. <laughs> Well, who is the most unstoppable, though? That's the thing. It's like, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. He's the only one actually kinda, doing these things. He was stopped, sort of. I mean, the movie didn't finish with him being unstoppable. It kind of was stopped. He ran points. up I mean, a falling train. That's after jumping yeah. off of a mountain. <laughs> Look, Sisu, you liked Sisu. Love Sisu. He was un- yeah. totally unstoppable. Yeah. But, like... The Equalizer 3, he just slowly walked around and was like Steven Seagalling it. Just next, you know, just winching. Because he's an older man. (laughs) Slowly walking around, beating everybody up. (laughs) Unstoppable. So Equalizer 3, to me, was the most unstoppable. So you're taking it as in-world, and I'm taking it as in the real world. (laughs) I'm talking about in the movies, man. Achievements in the movies. But you're right. Probably Tom Cruise outside the movie. Even though Annette Bening, that was a lot of swimming. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, we'll move on to the Scene Stealer Award. Michael Sakura Ando of Godzilla Minus One. That was a neighbor, by the way. Great performance by her. Swan Arlaud, that was the hot lawyer in Anatomy of a Fall. We have Kingsley Benadir of Barbie. A lot of people loved him in that. Just the mm-hmm. reaction shots by Kingsley Benadir. Palm Clementith in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Matthew Mayer in Air. He was the shoe 
designer. Mm-hmm. We have Aristu Meehan in Asteroid City. He was the one who kept asking his father to dare him to do things. <laughs> we have Allison Oliver, who was a sister character in Saltburn. I thought she was really good. Sure. We have Antoine Reynard in Anatomy of a Fall. He was the bad guy lawyer, the prosecuting Prosecutor, attorney. Yeah. We have Jake Ryan in Asteroid City. He was the son, the son of uh, uh, Jason Schwartzman. And then we have Maya Lucretia Taylor, who played a great part of the yeah. housekeeper in, a, in American fiction. Yeah, she was. I mean, a great, great category, great list of names, great picks for scenes. I'm going with Antoine Reinhardt's. Um, I, I'm he infatuated with a lot of what Anatomy had to offer. Are you an Antoine Reinhardt's in the courtroom? <laughs> Not yet. Just curious. <laughs> Maybe when I get Not back yet. there. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with Palm Clementif in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Yeah. She, yeah, she was crazy. Oh, my God. She she juiced that movie up so much more than than it already was by being just such such an awesome villain in that and, and definitely in those actions. feels like it's a matter of time she before every Guardian finds their way to the DCEU, doesn't it? Yeah. Like Clementif's going to be in the DCEU soon. I would, I would imagine. Sure, and she should be. Yeah. She should be. All right, just pick your best lead from any film this year. I'm going to go with Sandra Huller of Anatomy of a Fall. I've been banging the table. She's my favorite performance on the year. How about you? Barry Keoghan's pe- – no. Uh, I've, I've been on this <laughs> – I've been on this since before the, uh, the shocking comeback at SAG happened. I think Lily Gladstone – I mean, the moment she's on screen – and she's got to go toe-to-toe with, like, the aura that is Leonardo DiCaprio. And she commands the camera when they're both on screen together in that car. He's driving her. And her wit and her, like, sarcasm is playing right against his. It's so believable and so dry and so matter-of-fact. I was, like, blown away for an actress I knew nothing about and had never really seen before to, like, command the screen while on screen with Leonardo DiCaprio, it was, like, breathtaking for me. So I, I stand by that, and that's the reason I've hyped her up all year is why I think she's a worthy winner, too. I agree with you, but I looked at Matthew Stewart, and shout out to his Twitter, by the way. Matthew mm-hmm. Stewart's, he does the screen time. He's the guy whose last name I keep forgetting, forgive me, but Matthew Stewart's screen time analysis of Lily Gladstone's performance from Killers of the Flower Moon showed that she was only in 27% of the movie, Michael, where most of the leads are over 65% uh, in terms of screen time in their respective movies in a typical situation, especially these heliocentric performances where they're in 70 plus percent sometimes. But Lily Gladstone was only in 27% of Killers of the Flower Moon, and she is in the lead category. She could have easily been in the supporting category with an argument that it wouldn't would have even been category fraud. So they might have missed their shot if she loses there. But so Lily Gladstone is going to be in my Mike Mike and Oscar's best supporting performance category. I'm cheating, but there you go. There you go. I mean, I, I got. I have no problem with that rationalization. Those numbers check out. I think it'll be just even more impressive if she does win lead actress, having been it in a, like a little over a quarter of the film. Um, my best supporting performance, I have Willem Dafoe. He's just uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he a batshit. I mean, that character is insane in Poor Things. Of course I switched the brains. <laughs> <laughs> that line killed me killed me and, and, and that's again that's the argument of the poor things is an effing joke people yes it's a joke Don't he's take it sitting he's sitting he, he's like he has to do those and make yeah. the gas bubbles and the explanation as to why is because his father took out his in his digestive system because he wanted to see what it would be like he kills me in that movie he's really funny anyway speaking of funny people i want to say the funniest duo ao adebri and rachel senate and bottoms i've watched that movie like eight times now it still kills me kills the charlie xcx song at the finale at the football field is a banger that's on my spotify list a bunch of songs out of that playlist or out of that soundtrack or on my spotify playlist they're they're another like a group of people that i i I followed them when they were like super young doing stand-up and stuff and that's when senate came on my radar and then they had a sketch like i guess series that was only online for comedy central like rachel and ao need dates or something or rachel and ao are single (laughs) and so to follow them to like becoming these major super duper stars is quite depressing (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> or or it's beautiful it and is. we're happy for them. It is. I am. But it's it's also sad. <laughs> and it makes me feel bad about myself. Anyway, yeah. uh, best speaking of great people who are younger than us, mm. best child performance, Milo Machado Grenier of Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. I, th- I think we both agreed on that. So I had a, a list of a lot of great you know, child performances, Abby Fortson, et cetera. But this, he's the best of yeah. the year, I think. I agree with that. And then, I mean, best dog slash best performance of in the Period. history of acting yeah. is Snoop. Unbelievable. A.K.A. Messi from Anatomy of a Fall, the dog. We can't let Can outwit us. We have to come up with a special dog Oscar. If they have the palm dog, we need to have a special Oscar for dogs. Mm-hmm. And he should win it. Snoop. He should get an honorary Oscar. Yeah. Based he on was great. <laughs> so good. Anyway, we'll move on to our best picture categories. A write in here from at Piecing Pod, the Piecing It Together podcast, which says best Evil Dead of 2023. We have mm. Evil Dead Rise. Mm-hmm. We have the Post- Pope's Exorcist. Okay. We have Knock at the Cabin. We have Project Wolf Hunting. We have Renfield. And we have a nominated winner here, or a picked winning by piecing it together, and they are going with the Pope's Exorcist. I like the Pope's Exorcist a lot. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And it was, yeah, it was an Evil Dead movie. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'll take that as the winner. Sure. Good pick, piecing it. <laughs> I agree. All right. Uh, finally, we got to do this. This is, we've done it every year. But go ahead, please. <laughs> Mike, Mike, and Oscar for worst film poopy. And also Mike's special here. 80 for Brady, Meg to the Trench, Five Nights at Freddy's, Shazam Fury of the Gods, and Skinamarink. Awful film poopies, all of them. I have to say, as bad as Skinamarink is, and it's awful. I'm stunned that's not your winner. Stunned. Shazam Fury of the Gods is the worst film poopy. It is hell on earth. That's crazy. It makes you question your will to live That's crazy. and ever watch a movie ever again. It is terrible. You have gone off on dialogues, monologues, mm. diatribes, <laughs> set off to the side on the stage with the spotlight only on you talking about how bad Skinamarink has been. Skinamarink is literally a camera with a flashlight filming the corner of a wall for 15-minute <laughs> wonners, and I still think Shazam 2 is worse. That's it's a worst film poopy. Stunning. Stunning. Well, we probably should have mentioned... We probably should have mentioned at the top of the show, like if you like our horror picks here, and the reason why we're not picking a lot of horror movies is because we did the scaries That's already. True, we do yeah. it every, every, every Halloween or a week after it because you get sick every Halloween. True. So we put that out every single year uh, in November, the first week of November, by the way, people. So, yeah. All right. Best picture-related declaration. Really, it's, it's, it's a series of declarations because now we're going to finish the show with our top 20. But I want to mention my finest Fifi film <laughs> of 2023. It's Emily. It's an easy pick this year. I mean, we typically we typically have uh, a bunch of nominees, but it was like the only yeah, it was big named big name Fifi film of the year. But Emily, in, in, in a Genre that I've come to love because I'm a mama's boy, but Emily Root was a really good movie. I, I was B-plus all day. There you go. Uh, it was a light year for Fifi Film, so yeah, maybe 2024 can rectify that for you, but all right. Let's run down. Uh, we have a list of top 20s. Mike's going to rattle his off. I will pepper in where he we have some crossover, and you can imagine there is quite a bit of crossover, especially if you've listened to us all year. Um, the only honorable mentions I wanted to mention, because I don't include documentaries or specials necessarily in my list, uh, unless it's something that's, you know, all-timer, I think. But and not, anyway, 12 Days in Mariupol, honorable mention for me, and John Mulaney's Baby J. Just wanted to give a shout-out to those two okay, things. Okay, cool. Or 20 Days in Mariupol, but good. Yeah, that's uh, what I meant. Four daughters. Four <laughs> I got daughters out a week and a day early, though. So yeah. All right, fine. I'll give I'll give 22 as well. But four daughters <laughs> and poor things. There you go. I said, poor, whatever you want. I'll match it. I'll yeah, match it. Poor so. things was one of mine, was tied for third. Was uh, I, So I went oh, by wow. grade. Uh, I had fours that, uh, 489 scores. So those are my 
third place finishers and fourth things is one of those. No, me too. The problem is I have to. I have so many movies bunched up. But okay, no. I'll, I'll run them down again. We're just gonna kind of list them because you guys kind of know at this point what our favorite movies yeah. of the year are. But here we go. My top twenty: Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Number twenty. Nineteen was a thousand and one. Eighteen was Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. I was tied. That was tied for fourteenth for me. Seventeen was Rye Lane. 16 was John Wick Chapter 4. Tied for 18th for me. 15 was Blue Jean. We have 14 with the Eternal Memory. 13 was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And now going forward, all but all but one of these is, is crossover stuff that both of us have. Okay, my number 12, Bottoms. That's tied for 18th for me. My 11 was Air. Tied for 7th. My 10 was The Killer. Tied for 14th. And make make sure you guys are writing this down. My yep. number nine was Past Lives. I'm surprised that was so low for you. That was tied for number three for me. All over my top 10 all year. It was really great. A yeah. great movie. Uh, my number eight was The Taste of Things. How Delicious. dare you? I can't wait to be done with it. My, my number seven was American Fiction. We agree on that. That was tied for seventh for me, too. Okay. My number six was Barbie. Uh, tied for third for me. My number five was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We it's one of the fans. biggest disparities, dispar- discrepancies, dispar- whatever. The biggest differences mm-hmm. we have. I have 14th for Guardians Three. You have it in your top five. Number four was Anatomy of a Fall for me. Tied for three for me. Oppenheimer was my number three. This is my number one. The Holdovers was my number two. Tied for 10th for me. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was my number one movie on the year. I've mentioned it a million times, but yeah. Tied for 10th for me as well. Have you gotten around to rewatching that? I've rewatched it early when it came on Netflix, and then I wanted to rewatch it again just to confirm again, but I've seen it like four times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big fan. Again, a lot of crossovers. You had Oppenheimer High. That's my number one. You didn't list Killers of the Flower Moon, which is my number two. You were not a fan of it all year. You've said that. No, I rewatched it. I liked it a lot more. I put it in a solid B grade. I disagree with a few things. It's way too long, three and a half hours. Agree I watched with that. it in one sitting twice. Yeah. And it's too long. It really just takes the air out of me, but it's still very good. It's Martin I'm Scorsese. Sure, if I watched it in one sitting, it would probably be lower grade for me, but I watched it as a mini series, as I said. Um, those are my two A minuses on A, A minus. Uh, Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, Poor Things, and Barbie are all grade 89 for me. Those are my tied for third. American Fiction, Leave the World Behind, and Air are 88s for me. That's seventh place. The Adults, The Holdovers, Across the Spider-Verse, <laughs> and God damn it, please don't destroy <laughs> The Legend of Foggy Mountain. I have a tied for 10th place at 87s. Cool. Uh, the Killer, <laughs> Maestro, Guardians 3, Dead Reckoning are all 86s, and then Bottom, Sisu, and John Wick 4 are 85s for me. All right, nice. Well, There's, we did it, man. This is the Mike, Mike, and Oscars. We did it in a bucko five. We did it. I'm stunned. I'm stunned, and I'm spent, and I'm tired. Uh, I told you. I told you we were going to be lickety split. We got it done. We, I mean, we pounded it out, and we did it. Quick in and out, and that's. I mean, bucko five is even lying because I have some major edits to make in this because my microphone decided to act up at a couple points. Which wasn't fun, but uh, yeah, as always, dear listener, we want to hear from you. Uh, if you have any categories that are still burning in your brain and you want to put those forward after listening to us ramble here, feel free. If you have any disagreements with any of our ridiculous categories or any of our serious <laughs> ones as well, uh, you, we want to hear from you. You can leave us those, your winners, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire on our social media as we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter or X, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at Gmail com.com and on reddit we are available wherever you do hear podcasts and if you listen to us on either the apple podcast or spotify app if you appreciate what we do here if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review those help us out immensely thank you to everyone who has done so thus far michael good week a, a rare three episode week for us uh that these people mm. the good listeners are getting and we have more in the pipeline as we head into oscars week tell the good people what's coming next and let's have some words of wisdom to end on yeah, we're going to do Oscar bets with a special guest. Uh, that's going to be fun. I bet we're you can't guess fun- who. <laughs> we're going to do a final preview with another special guest there, uh, hopefully. Bet and you can't guess again, who. I, wanna, 
I don't want to jinx. I don't want to jinx. Yeah. We're going to do an Oscar fallout episode with uh, someone that we had on last year that we're really proud to be making a tradition with as well. Uh, and then I don't know if we're going to do an Oscar morning show. If we need one, we'll do it. Yeah. But we, we may not need it because we kind of just did the Oscar morning show in the last episode because the Oscar morning show used to be the Indie Spirits kind of recap show. maybe we'll just put so, the the feed of ad bryant's indie spirits monologue <laughs> on our feed until we get a strike and that'll be the oscar morning t- show or until we uh get kicked off the internet right because that would be probably there's something i'm not a lawyer or a doctor but i think that would be illegal or i don't know <laughs> anyway the wor- <laughs> only if they catch you <laughs> anyway the words of wisdom is i've changed my mind like th- this is how you award show i, I stand <laughs> you by see? us i stand by us this this is how you do it uh you know uh i'm i'm with it now I, I i agree with what we set out to do and we accomplished it we did it you mix the silly with the serious you just list them and bang them out in an hour and everybody goes home <laughs> happy and well maybe not everybody goes home happy but i mean we're happy that's the most important thing so us and Barry Keoghan are happy, and that's what matters to us. We've always said that. Barry Keoghan the, the, winning the most Mike Mike and Oscars, maybe in the history of Mike Mike and Oscars. Oh not Saltburn, not his performance, Barry Keoghan himself. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can hopefully stick around and be goofy with us. We are Mike Mike and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, uh, we thank you for another year. Oscars week is coming up next. We will see you all very soon. See ya.